Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket Podcast. Today I am joined by Caitlin Hill. Hello, thank How? you very much for having me on. No, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? Um, like I just sort of said, I'm, I'm actually doing really, really good. Uh, I've had a brilliant day today uh, in regards to the week. We've just sort of spoke about we have peaks and troughs, um, but today's been a very successful day, you know, done everything that needs to be done. That's all you can do on prep, I guess. You know, one of them days where literally everything ticked off and we're at 7 p.m. now and I can just sort of chill out. So, yeah, I- I'm doing really well considering. Thank you. I was just going to say, for those that don't know, Caitlin is deep into prep now. Um, yeah, pretty deep working towards the Arnold's have we got any more before that or is it just the Arnold's so far yeah so when people at the moment when people are saying oh have you got any shows coming up um technically I am actually 90 well 18 days out now from um the graftism but that is because you need to have done a regional prior to the Arnold's um to actually be able to compete and don't get me wrong I think we're gonna bring a really nice package but um being brutally honest we're gonna be about 85 90 percent there um condition wise anyway just you know because it, it it's a massive double-edged sword at the minute do I want to peak and look my best at the first regional where realistically I have more of a chance of placing than the Arnold's which is going to be a very stacked um show with people that are coming from literally all around Europe so I'd be you know I'd be silly to think that it's going to be um not stacked but it was one of them things um and we just had to bite the bullet and say look we're going to bring a decent package to the graftism um but I at the minute keep telling myself I'm six and a half and seven and a half weeks out um, because I've got another couple of shows that I'm I'm, I'm going to do after this this first show in September. So yeah, 18 days out from the Graftism, and six and a half weeks out from the Arnold's at the minute. I think that's very wise um, to go in. Obviously, your coach Tom, isn't it? Yes, um, Tom yeah, Tom. Yeah, he's not going to bring you into a qualifier like at your peak because, like you say, it's it's almost like a waste of your time and. I mean, not to blow smoke up your ass, but I don't think that your 85% is going to be a bag of shit, is it? You're going to come in still looking fantastic, but it's Thank not going to be, it's not going to be Arnold's level because you don't need to, you don't have to do that. So, yeah, yeah, really. absolutely. It's, it's one of them things. Um, anyone that sort of followed me, uh, I, I've always had decent shape. It's this year, we really want to nail that conditioning um don't get me wrong we are getting there but it's just um it's just taking its time and that's all you can really do like you can't you can't rush into condition um because that that will show in a stringy fatigued package um so we're just going to keep on dieting that's all you can do really isn't it yeah absolutely and seven eight weeks loads of time loads and loads yeah 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 I mean in in, in I'm going to be honest in the past sort of three weeks I've had more changes than the past three months but I think that that happens in prep you um 
you take four or five pounds off and it looks like a pound mm. and then all of a sudden you you drop like you know a pound and it's like whoa that I can see that so we're now at that stage which is cool uh, it's just a case of keeping that up it's quite a hard um phase at the beginning isn't it where you're like I'm just I just look a bit shit for a little while I'm not really full I'm definitely not lean um you can't really see much I look like a train but when I've got a pump and you've just kind of got a break past that point of people going have you lost any and you're like no I have I have lost some um before you hit that point like you say and all of a sudden it's like week on week changes yeah absolutely I mean that that first part of prep is is very hard but it, it also um allowed me and Tom to reflect upon our off season um don't get me wrong I'm an advocate of pushing body weight up I think for females taking a long time out in off season is very good you need to get strong you need to get healthy bloods Mm -hmm. need to be you know in a very good spot but at the same time we took off about 10 pounds and was that 10 pounds worth it you know I took the 10 pounds off didn't really look like much had changed it's probably a bit of fluid finally got an appetite back um performance actually felt like I had good cardio in the gym so yeah that that first part of prep was um it it is always very hard isn't it um especially when you're telling people that you're sort of four or five weeks into a prep and Mm -hmm. people automatically think oh my god you're going to be you know shredded posting (laughs) pictures but it's not like that it's very very slow Mm. very slow indeed very yeah and they start kind of projecting. I think I find people project what they hear a prep weight loss should be. So they go, what, like yes. one to two kilos a week? And you're like, at some point, maybe one, 1. 1.5. Mm. But not at the beginning. Mm. You're not going to lose like 10 kilos in five weeks. Like there's just, you'd be worried if you were losing that. But people that yes. don't know they see that and they think well no you should be shouldn't you you must be behind now no 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 no. It's, let's calm down it's all okay it's yeah. not panic me <laughs> I'm the one doing it <laughs> absolutely absolutely so as I kind of alluded to and um, before we started recording the reason I wanted you to come on the podcast today is because for those of you that are listening that don't know Caitlin's actually only 19 years old um she speaks much older than her years, um, as I'm sure you can all agree. Um, and if you do follow Caitlin, you'll see that she doesn't look like the quintessential 19 year old. And if I think back to when I was 18, 19, not advocating this at all, but I was going out drinking. I was some days eating one meal, some days eating three takeaways. There was no consistency in my life. If someone had suggested I would have gone to the gym, I would have eaten their head off. Like, I don't need to go to the gym. Um, So just, I find it very interesting that you are living the life that a lot of us do, but also in your late teens, approaching twenties. And I believe you're at university as well. And I just find that a really interesting kind of 
I suppose, set up in a way like the, the It's a very different life that you're leading. And I was kind of interested to see how that is for you and how people around you kind of conversate with you about that and whether you have to adapt the way that you live your life day in, day out to get them to understand or do they just accept it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess the, the, the thing is like none of this bodybuilding, um, you know, how the, the, the quintessential bodybuilding look really came about until I ever did my first show. And so I've been in the gym since I was about 13, but it was something that I never projected to anyone. Um, my close friends knew that I went to the gym, but it was literally just because I, I enjoyed it. Um, the whole social media aspect of bodybuilding back then did not cross my mind. Um, I think I probably had an Instagram account with like my 100 friends that were in what year 10 with me something yeah. like that I um never went on it I just just loved going to the gym and don't get me wrong like I I, I would be very sort of naive to say that I didn't gain muscle quickly at a young age like don't get me wrong I appreciate that I did um sort of from the age of 15 to 16 um that's why my first coach was like yeah you can't do bikini <laughs> I was like I didn't have a clue about any of the classes which is also evident from my first show um but it was more so a case of everything was very hidden not because I wanted to hide it myself it's just I did it for me you know like if someone else in my year liked to play the guitar they might not post it or tell everyone that they played the guitar I just like going to the gym so I guess it, it wasn't overly evident and when you're in school in a shirt and you know a jumper it's not something that you see um so I didn't really have any sort of I don't know I didn't really have to have any conversations whilst at school um it was only until after my first show I'd actually competed so I'd done a prep competed come out of it and then I think I'd, I must have forgotten that I paid for some stage pictures. I got them sent through and I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll just put them on Instagram and um, get bronzed. Actually reposted it. And um, I was a private accountant at the time. And for some reason, I started getting loads of followers. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> like, what, what's going on here? Um, and it was sort of from then that I would say, the social media aspect of bodybuilding which is probably sort of you know the, the other way around to normal then started mm. and that definitely helped me to become better um and then I did start sort of getting a little bit bigger gaining a little bit of weight um but in total honesty like I you, you probably thought that I'd have had some comments never never had any comments at all at school but again that's just because I'm very I just keep myself to myself um in off season I still don't post much <laughs> I sort of go like into the shadows Dorian mode whatever you want to call it just because <laughs> I like to I like to get on with it mm. you know um it's only really become 
evident that I'm an actual bodybuilder more so now because I don't cover up. It's not something that, um, like in the past, I, I, I did not out of, you know, wanting to hide my physique. That's just, I've always, you know, worn clothes like that. And then recently, you know, just growing up, finding my own style, I've wanted to wear clothes that are a little bit more revealing as I've got older. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, shit, I'm not actually like everyone else. Like, I, it, it, I, I don't realise. And then it, it'll have been when we're probably just walking around like, um, you know, just a shopping centre or something. And my mum's like, oh, they're staring at you. And I'm like, no, they'll be looking at the person behind me because you see yourself every day um and all of a sudden it was like oh I've been training for like two three years now I've got a little bit of muscle this is pretty cool and I I don't think anyone would have batted an eyelid if I um had a bit of an older face but I still got a quite a baby face I I imagine so it's like this (laughs) this five foot short girl with a baby face walking around with some delts out Stacked. and it's like oh <laughs> it's like oh um so yeah I've only recently realized and it was definitely going to university um that it made me realize how different my lifestyle actually was you know even even at school um if I wasn't into bodybuilding I probably wouldn't have been going out you know getting my mom to come and pick me up at 2am in a field or something that's just not me <laughs> I um I so so yeah it wasn't until I actually went to uni that I sort of realized that I live a pretty abnormal life um but I like it and from what I've experienced of others around me they have never been nasty just curious very curious and uh, it's quite nice it's quite nice so yeah I, I wish I could come on here and sort of say that I feel weird or <laughs> or no. different but from the people that I've been exposed to they've always just been like that is cool and made me feel good mm. about it um but I I think that that's mainly down to the fact that from from a young age as well I've always thought I'm the boss of my own life I can employ and fire who I do and don't want so within 10 minutes of meeting someone normally I can have a judgment as to whether I want them in my life or not Mm -hmm. um so if there has been a time where someone's come into my life and they may not have been productive I've probably just got rid of them before they could even get there if if that makes sense and I, I think that a lot of people need to do that people need to be a lot harsher because I really like don't have a lot of stress in my life and I think that's down to just cutting out all avenues that you could potentially have some sort of stress Mm. so yeah in my experience don't get me wrong the you know I've experienced more stares more like whoa recently as I've got older but it's a nice feeling as opposed to a a not nice one um that's that's sort of my my take on it over the past few years anyway I love that though it's so nice to hear that someone has had such a positive experience and it's Mm. so 
refreshing I mean I myself go through fits and spurts of I don't really care what you think and some days I'm like if if one more person stares at me I'm gonna lose my shit but um it's so nice to hear that you have a a different outlook on it and that when someone stares at you you're like oh or like not stares even but just looks you're like oh that's because I've it's actually working what I'm doing is working yeah, yeah. Like I say, I'll have I'll have periods of time. Like when I um I've gone out to the 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 pub with my uni flat, I'd be there and I'd sort of be looking after them whilst they're absolutely hammered. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll I'll you know I'll be dressed like them. I'll have done my makeup, done my hair, the same as them. And then you know every now and again they'll be like um it's it's normally the boys, so there'll be like a table of lads. And all of a sudden, I'll, I'll see that they're sort of staring over, and I'm like, "What are they staring at?" And the girl's like, "Oh, it's you." And I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah." Because because I because I've got one arm, you know, on on the side of the of the table, and my triceps out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's what they're staring at. But yeah, it's um, it's definitely like. It's cool. I, I, I like it. I don't mind people staring as long as they don't say anything. If they ever said anything, don't get me wrong, I would. I wouldn't be afraid to say something back. But I know that people stare out of wonder more often than um, sort of disgust. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what a lot of people get in their head. They get in their head that people are looking at them because they think, oh, but a lot of the time people are just like, that is cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny you say that. When Erin was on the podcast, she uh, was saying a similar thing that she'd been covering up all day and it was really hot. And uh, she mm. finally gave in and took off her jumper as she was walking in the door. And someone yelled across the street, a guy, um, oh, are you a bodybuilder? And she was like, um, Yeah. But she said that instantly she thought he was going to be negative, but actually he was like, yes. you look great. And it was so Yeah, I, li- I listened to that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I listened to that podcast and um, I think Erin's amazing, isn't she? And it, it saddens me to think that she automatically thought someone was going to say something negative. Don't get me wrong, there probably are negative people out there. But in general, I think people actually are like they, they do mean well and we've just been so accustomed I'll bring it back to social media where people can do stuff behind a screen mm. with no name no trace but people aren't like that in person and um, I think one of the things about me not using social media as much as maybe some bodybuilders I've just not really experienced that because I've just not really posted as much so therefore I've not experienced it um like at the end of the day if if a lot of female bodybuilders never experienced any negative messages on on social media would they think that would would they have the you know the thought that it would be negative straight away or would they just sort of be a little bit more open to positive mm. things rather than negative potentially very potentially um i think in my experience I've had some negativity on social media okay um but it's more and and perhaps you're right that I am 
kind of expecting someone to think something but I think Mm. sometimes people forget their face don't they and they forget that that stare has they're not smiling at you yeah it's almost shock sometimes like when we're in prep at the moment I look fairly normal um but it's it's when you're in prep and you're very lean or you're vascular yes and yeah. you're you're in a top, so you're it's more the arms because women don't tend to have muscular arms, do they? Yeah. Um. So that's when I think the stairs come, and and when you're hungry, <laughs> and someone looks at you the wrong way, <laughs> you can sometimes get a little bit snappy. But I also think a lot of it's to yeah. do with your environment and where you are, um, even down to like the city that you're in. Yeah. So yeah. I was interested totally. with that aspect in university because it's so far from what even the lads are doing and those guys at the table are probably thinking oh, I wish I why I look like that and like feeling their own triceps like no I haven't got that you know <laughs> yeah I mean I, I think you know the the thing that you mentioned about where you're from as well and uh, I don't know whether this is this is a bit of a generalization but obviously from my accent you can tell I'm from up north and I don't know about you, but I just think everyone up north, we we have, I don't know, like we'll always smile at each other when we go out. Um, you I've can not say really, it. Northerners I've are more re- friendly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't want to say it. You can say just, it. <laughs> just from my short, you know, period of time walking, you know, just through the streets of anywhere down south, up north you'd be walking you know someone and it'd always be like you're right I don't have a clue who you are but <laughs> I'll ask you if you're all right and I'll smile at you whereas I noticed that maybe not so much down south and I can imagine that that's probably just because people are you know quite busy bustling you know it's, there's a lot of business people who are sort of you know living that nine to five job and probably you know in a bit of a rush so I can imagine that's probably why but up north I think I've just been you know brought up around people and it's not been that emotionless stare mm-hmm. which I am grateful for mm-hmm. I, I am very grateful for um but yeah I'd probably say that that's why I personally I'm okay with the stares um compared to you know what other people might be mm. I think that's a really good way to put it emotionless stares because that's essentially what it is they're just yeah because it's not it's not a negative emotion it's not a positive one either it's just a they've just got a terrible resting bitch face yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so kind of taking it all the way back then to when you first started getting into the gym yeah because it's not a normal pastime for a young girl to be thinking I want to get in the gym and weight train so where did that come from did you get introduced to it by someone or how did that come about yeah so in essence I um probably about year seven year eight I think a lot of girls at that sort of age um pretty poor relationship with food just want wanted to be able to turn to the side and you can't see my waist sort of thing that that was the goal you know um wanted to just be skinny so did that obviously ended up very food focused whilst at the same time not eating a lot of food Mm. so had that love for food 
would watch loads of food programs, you know, 10,000 calorie challenges was really bad for that. Watch, watch other people eat and, and like to cook food. But when it came to the actual, you know, eating itself, couldn't do it. Um, so then this is where I sort of found YouTube videos um, of bikini competitors who were doing and I sort of found this whilst watching them sort of videos that were bad for me. Mm went on to the you know what I eat in a day bikini competitor and it sort of clicked shit they're eating a lot of food like a lot more than I was eating Mm. yet they look sick why can't I do that so probably you know just by the off chance that it sort of clicked in my head but I was like well if they can do it why can't I do it so just watched a load of videos researched into this whole bodybuilding thing and um, slowly increased calories went to a gym wanted to gain weight not as fat um but it was like a leisure center you know like a pure gym that sort of thing however the 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 turning point and I still think to this day that this is the most important thing that sort of happened in the journey there was a rule that came into play um that people who were juniors classes junior under the age of 16 couldn't lift more than 10 kilos max so I was like well in the gym you weren't allowed yeah yeah because apparently someone had um injured themselves at another franchise so they said 10 kilos max so that they don't have any more issues with insurance or whatever you could pick up your little brother or sister and pick up more than that I know I know so I was like right what what can I do um pretty sure I searched other gyms near me Mm. on like google maps or something and um, there was this one, like, literally in the corner of a pub's car park. <laughs> <laughs> like, looked like it was about to fall down. And I've always been pretty confident. I just thought, oh, just just go there instead. So little 14-year-old me just wandered in. I was like, oh, yeah, can I have a day pass, please? They said, you need to be 16. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm not 16, but I need to go to the gym. So I just said, yep, yeah, I'm 16. <laughs> they definitely, like, the guy that runs the gym now knows that I was lying. And he was like, yeah, I knew you was lying, but they didn't really care. So I went there, and it was the dirtiest gym you've ever seen. Like, <laughs> you, if you cut yourself in there, you would just get get ill straight Tetanus away. Shot so. required. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that was the best thing because it was full of sweaty bold men who <laughs> had dealt out to here were grunting lifting so I just did exactly what they did and uh, started eating more spoke to them don't get me wrong it probably some of the advice probably wasn't great but in in general it was eat a load of food train to failure get get strong um so for two three years that's all I did that's all I did. I mean, form probably wasn't perfect. Training, volume, recovery, management, all that probably wasn't optimal either. But it was just a case of getting in there, lifting some metal, so to speak, and, and eating well. Um, and that is pretty much taking me up to sort of my first ever show. Uh, obviously, from then, I got um, coaches and 
sign myself up to forums like Physique Collective, um, you know, trained by JP, got coaches um, and learned so much about the actual ins and outs of bodybuilding. But it was basically a case of rocking up to this dirty gym, which was the best thing I could have done. <laughs> Did they uh, take you under their wing a little bit in there? Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. yeah. I, uh, at, at first they were... That I think they were probably a bit apprehensive. I, I walked in and I, oh God, how much did I weigh? So I, when I started, I weighed thirty-five kilos. So I probably weighed about forty-five kilos. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I weighed thirty-five kilos. So it was like seventy-seven pounds. I remember because I've still got notes in my phone because I'd weigh myself every single day. Wow. Which was one of the the, the bad things about obviously prior to bodybuilding. Now, now obviously I weigh myself every day, but in a controlled way. Um, yeah, like everyone does and it doesn't have um, a, a there's no sort of, yeah it's uh right this is another bit of data put it in my phone use that to better the prep mm. um so yeah I used to weigh like 35 kilos so I probably gained about eight nine kilos by that point but still was very very skinny mm. walked in and um they probably thought oh my god what on, what on earth is she doing um and put a plate each side on the barbell and just started squatting it. And then I think they were sort of like, right, okay. <laughs> and then they just just spoke to me, you know, at the end of every session and have a good chat. And it was a very family feel. Um, I, I'll still go back to that gym every single time I go home. And uh, I'll see I'll see a couple of the regulars who've been training there probably since like the 1990s, before I was born or something. I don't know. Um but yeah, they definitely sort of helped me find that love for training because I competed because I trained. Mm. I didn't train because I wanted to compete. So I love that. The, oh, I always that. say that I yes. compete because I train, not because yeah. the other way around. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that's really important to remember. And especially for any younger women that are listening to actually fuck that anyone that's listening to this yeah like don't just get in a gym because you want to compete I think there's this attitude of oh I, I, that's my bucket list I'm gonna do that so mm. then they join the gym and then they get a coach when they think that they probably need a coach and it's just the wrong totally the wrong approach because if you love it like we were saying before we started even on those days when you feel a bit ropey you're like no, this is good. I'm meant to feel like this. Yes, I appreciate absolutely. this feeling. Yeah, that's why I've I've um, Brightman actually messaged me. He replied to one of my stories and he said, "Don't stop smiling." I think I I posted a I posted um, a couple of pictures, and obviously I he knew he was aware that I was pretty deep into prep at this point, and he just put, "Don't stop smiling." that's what I did and I regret it and I was like shit yeah that's that's, that's powerful pretty, yeah powerful so every day like I'll make sure I just smile <laughs> I love it <laughs> so I do I love it like even when I have a pretty shit check-in or I perceive it as pretty shit or you know have a bit of a, an off day at the end of the day I'm literally living the life that I love Mm. I'm able to bodybuild at the minute so as long as I'm ticking every single box I'm supposed to fundamentally I'm doing what I love 
So, yeah, I'm just going to keep smiling. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, yeah. I'm going to remember that when I'm feeling a bit shit. I'm going to be like, nope. Caitlin says and Brightman says, just keep smiling. Yeah. Because um, at, the, at the moment that you lose that sort of, I don't know, want to be outwardly happy towards something, then I guess it, it, it's where it will actually get quite hard because you need that intrinsic sort of you know motivation don't you Mm. and then I think if someone has a massive intrinsic motivation often that is portrayed by how they act anyway and uh, anyone that sort of loves what they do will smile when they talk about it you know it's evident um someone else Sarah when she gets on stage you'll know it you know the other competitors might be relaxed um really concentrating She'll be she'll be concentrating and relaxed, but with a massive grin, and it's it's electrifying. It it is, uh, and mm-hmm. I said that to her uh, probably five, six, seven, eight times now. But yes, yeah. Honestly, I've never seen someone fill a stage the way she did. I, I was watching it on a live. I think it was your live stream <laughs> that you were actually, and so I was watching it on on my phone through your phone. <laughs> yeah through a computer screen and I could feel it I was like yeah this is this is this is what she's made to do <laughs> mm. I forgot that everyone else was there and I was like wow yeah wow yeah I text um my coach he was there in the audience and I literally just said wow and he went we said the same thing yeah it's, it's pretty phenomenal um yes, so on that note how do you feel on stage what's what's your are you a nervous competitor are you serious are you shall we call it are you Sarah you know (laughs) I would love to be but I probably don't quite have that um yeah I'd love to one day um maybe I think it's because in the past so my first ever show didn't have a clue what I was doing so didn't know whether you were to just smile really smile be serious didn't have a clue and then the second prep I think definitely let pressure get the better of me and I maybe what I had in my head at the beginning of 2019 is to the package that I was going to bring I um I'd always looked up to IFBB pros, so obviously wanted to look like one when I came down. Was not going to look like one. And that is where I've implemented that sense of realism now, because it's like, if I'd have had that realistic um, mindset at the beginning of 2019, I could have put my goals on bringing a fantastic toned figure look, whereas I was aiming, you know, I've always loved that IFBB pro figure look. Mm. So... I guess maybe one of the things that I definitely could have done better last last time I competed was just be more confident in bringing the right package rather than the one that I will maybe get in five years' time. Mm. And looking back on it now, probably didn't look as confident for that reason. Whereas this year, I um, I know that we're going to bring a really good physique um not not worthy of a pro card yet 
but that's okay because we're going to bring something that is gonna you know it's going to be the culmination of 20 weeks dieting and I'm going to be very happy to sort of show that on stage so hopefully this year with a bit of a change in mindset and a very smooth very productive prep where every single thing has been done perfectly executed wise maybe um yeah I guess in the past I've just been mega nervous this time I'm genuinely like so excited for it so uh yeah hopefully I can portray sort of a Sarah <laughs> on the stage I think that, that should be everyone's goal really <laughs> you've got Beyonce and Sasha fierce and then we'll have everyone else and Sarah so we all just embrace the Sarah when we walk up yes yeah that is the goal I just want to if I can keep smiling like this on stage then um, I'm sure I'll be yeah I'll be sweet <laughs> if you're excited at this point I think it's fair to say that you're going to walk out there and it will just naturally take it you probably won't even realize you're smiling in the way that you are until you look yeah. back at pictures and you'll be like oh my god that Cheshire you know cat. what you know what the um the one show in 2019 that I look back on the pictures and I think whoa I actually looked really happy and funnily enough they were my favorite pictures was a show that we literally just hopped into didn't announce it just when should we do it went and did it I was having so much fun no expectations I got called center stage and I just remember my dad afterwards going oh my god I thought you thought your cheeks were gonna fall off and I was like oh it's because that because that show was was just like the, the the most fun yeah fun show I've ever done so that pressure is a killer for the enjoyment oh of it. my god yes yeah 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 absolutely so on the note of your parents, um, obviously you mentioned your mom and your just mentioned your dad there, um, yes. <clears throat> and your mum being like, "Hey, love, they're uh, they're looking at you." Um, <laughs> what do your parents think about it all? Um, they're they're amazing. So, uh, when what were they like when it started? So I think taking it back to sort of when I had. Um, issues with food they didn't they never really commented ever on that um I think they sort of didn't really know how to go about it um luckily managed to sort that out myself that is absolutely fine now um and they were glad and I think that they would have stepped in if there was need to but I've always been relatively independent so I think they respected that Mm -hmm. and then got into the whole bodybuilding thing um and it was my first prep and my mum was like, I'll pay for everything. I'll do everything because she, do, she she does that for my sister with her dancing. So dancing is my sister's hobby. This is my hobby. Um, I don't think she really knew what to expect, but never said anything negative about it, despite not knowing. I mean, I didn't really know much about it. So let alone her. And after my first show, straight away clicked. She... Uh, I could just hear her screaming, yeah, in the crowd. Like, she loved it. Um, And she's just got better and better at sort of actually understanding the event. The the love for her wanting her child to do well has always been there, which I I really appreciate. But she's got more and more into bodybuilding. Um, So, like, 
at a show she can she can call out the top three you know let's say um let's say me and her are sat next to each other she'll go oh um who've you got for first like she'll be like wanting to see and if I um if I've gone and spoken to a couple of people like she'll text me number looks really good so she, she's got the eye for it now which is good because that's incredible it, you know what it really is like I can share so much with her I'll send her um I'll send her a couple of check-ins every now and again and she she doesn't know all the terms but like if I send her like a, a rear double bicep she's like oh my god you've got like them chicken nugget things on <laughs> like under your back and I'm like what but now I know what she means she just means that like I've got definition in my back coming and you know she's like oh my god near your um like you've got them like lines and I'm like yeah that's, that's I heard you were uh, I heard you on breaking boundaries yeah she was like your groin hun yeah your groin's coming in I'm like thanks <laughs> mum <laughs> yeah now nah, she's she's really good um my dad again he's he's fantastic never aired any sort of opinion he probably did have one never asked him um I might do one day but he never never voiced that opinion like I said I can I can imagine that your 16 year old daughter getting on stage in a bikini um it's probably a little bit odd but um when he actually physically came to see a show again sort of clicked um, and he 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 appreciates it. Um, he's got better. I went went back like uh, maybe a week ago, and instead of saying skinny, he said, "Oh, you look leaner." So that was a step in the right oh, direction. Love that. The terminology, it, you know, third season. It took took a couple of seasons, but we're there now. Leaner, not that. skinny. <laughs> That's it. But it, when you're in that, I, I probably more prep than it is an off season when someone says skinny it can be quite detrimental to your your mental state from whether it's five yes. minutes or five hours someone yes. goes skinny and you're like oh god I haven't got enough muscle I look flat mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I don't look like I train right now which is not a good thing then you start questioning have I lost too quick or have I mm-hmm. not lost enough and oh yeah so it's good that he's learned the terminology my uh my mum at the beginning used to say, are you training? But what she meant is, are you in prep or not? Yeah, and go to my, my, my nan does that yeah. as well. My Train all year that. round, all year round. Yeah, I, I know. You've you, you got us and then you, you sort of explain it for the hundredth time. But <laughs> you've got, you know, they, it's good that they're asking about it because there's some people that don't, some people's parents don't ask them. Some people's parents don't want to know. Yeah, mm. so you know, I yeah, I appreciate anything, and mm. it's just I'm I'm very grateful that they are so good. Mm. I was going to say, um, there are a lot of people that have reached out on this after listening to an episode, or even before that, because I'm quite open about having such a good relationship with my mum and bodybuilding. And yeah, I wish, I wish I had that, and I'm sure that people listening to this will be like, oh, I wish my dad had come to a show. Like, he, would, he wouldn't. he would That would be too weird for him. Or, or yeah. my mum, I don't think I could ever send her a check-in because she'd be like, put some clothes on. You know, yeah. like, it's pretty amazing you've got that support network. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely am very grateful. I mean, she's amazing. She 
she she chops my chicken oh <laughs> the way I'll you know and that's that's probably the point where it's like come on Caitlin sort yourself out but because I'm not at home now she likes being able to yeah. do that stuff for me when you come um, back for a few days and she gets to be part of it yeah 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 because she 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 saw me through my 2018 and 2019 prep when I was at home so um for me to not be there it's a bit like oh <laughs> I was gonna say how is that um going with uni are you finished up for the year now so it worked out time-wise pretty well uh, started prep beginning of May um f- finished uni end of May so you know the first couple ideal, of weeks really. it, it was pretty ideal um now I'm actually in a, a student house and I, I live with three of the people but they're not here they're just living at home so I've got the house to myself which I, I, I would have thought would be very lonely but I've got a very high step count at the minute so <laughs> from seven in the morning till I go to train until I'm back from training till I'm going to bed I'm always up doing mm-hmm. stuff walking around you know I'll visit um a, a different friend's house as well I'll be at the gym socializing with people I'll be on, on on the phone speaking to clients speaking to friends so I'm actually in the most perfect position and I, I've got to say I'm very grateful uni is uh it's not you know it's not on at the minute um mm-hmm. I've got the house to myself I have a job but that's only twice a week and at a gym so I can get my steps in so uh everything's ideal worked out setup, really. very, like literally perfectly um so I, I try not to take advantage of it yeah stress at a minimum doing what you need to when you need to to bring that's why I think that's why I think this prep has been um so so smooth so to speak my mum mentioned that she was like you've got no stress you know in the first prep I was doing my GCSE second one I was doing my A-levels so this time I've got nothing which is definitely played a role stress uh, stress management and just fatigue in general plays such a big role and it, 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 it shows him in, in my you know physique all around mm, absolutely I think you can just see it straight away when someone's sh- like stressed and tired they just look shit and you yes. can't escape it, it no. it's completely unavoidable um so yeah I think that's a massive lesson to be taken from that if you can get that and it's selfish as everyone knows but if you can oh, get yeah. that environment I, I am I am so selfish but you know this is going to be for another two months max and then it's done Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that there was that pause of wow. We both just know. Well, I'm I, I'm not going to go from being bodybuilding twenty four seven to I, I'm not like that. Like I even my off season, I sort of treat it like prep. But I, uh, you're not going to walk up, off stage and book flights to Ibiza, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's not me. That's not me. But. I will definitely have a little bit more balance. Um, but like people have touched on, you know, can you be the most amazing bodybuilder in the world and have balance? There's, this is such a big debate. And uh, at the end of the day, I, I don't think you can. Maybe you can, 
But I personally think as soon as routine slips, even in off season, I think that's when it it can uh, get out of whack. If you look at, take bodybuilding out of the equation for a second. And if you look at the most successful people in their arena, whether that is an entrepreneur, whether that's a sports person, whether that is an actor, a singer, um, whether it's even a builder or whatever it may be that they spend a disproportionate amount of time bettering themselves so that they can be better than the rest yeah 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 I I think as a caveat to that it doesn't mean that um I am sort of never gonna take a meal off never gonna it's it's more so in the off season when coach has um put in a specific off plan meal that is you following the plan because you need that so you don't burn out. But equally, that is you following the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason not to follow the plan. So I hope that that doesn't get misconstrued as, you know, 100% everything is the same every single day in off season because it, it's likely it won't. If it is, you will burn out. Um, but if you can follow, you know, you should s- still be following the plan. It's an improvement season. So yes, as long as you are improving, that's the goal. Everything is calculated in that improvement season. Whether that on paper looks like a prep or not, Mm. I I don't really care. As long as you're doing what your coach actually tells you, I I think that that is paramount. 100% completely agree. So... I have a couple of questions which I ask everyone that comes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, let's go. I'm prepped for this. <laughs> oh God, I, I'm not actually prepped because I, I I told myself that if I was prepped, it would lose the um the the sort of appeal of these questions. So love that. I, I tried not to think about it. Good. You've learned. You've clearly been listening. When people plan their questions, you can tell straight away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, as you know. I ask everyone that comes on the podcast two questions. Just I find it very interesting to, to get that feedback and to think about if you were to go back over the entire span, it doesn't have to be bodybuilding related. Is there anything, not that necessarily you regret, but you think I would do that differently if I got a second chance? See, this is when I do think I really should have thought about it because, you know, I'm literally going to have to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say whatever comes to the top What's of my head. What's your gut and then, feeling? Um, what do I regret? So if I give you so, mine, does that Okay, happen? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't regret anything, but I think if I'd shared more about how I felt about my dislike for myself, it would have allowed other people to understand Mm -hmm. that's a bit more normal. And then I did that last year and so many people were like, oh, I thought I was supposed to feel a certain way. So if I'd said to Mm -hmm. people before, yeah, I hate my off-season body, I hate my prep body, and the more I said it out loud, the better I felt about it and the better other people Mm -hmm. felt about it. Okay. So in regards to general life, pretty much there's nothing because everything, like I said, literally everything does happen for a reason, as cliche as it is. But um, 
I actually wish that in my most previous off season, when you are asked how's appetite, how is um, you know how's training, how's sleep, you know you would imagine oh everything's fine, everything's absolutely fine. Yeah, it's hard, but it's fine. That I, I wish I hadn't have done that um, because your body will tell you when you need to stop pushing so hard. There was points where I got pretty high food wise. And I think as soon as your appetite goes, that is when you need to tidy up. But I thought, yeah, I don't really want to eat, but I'm hardcore. I'm going to keep pushing. And Mm -hmm. I really do think that there was probably um, two to three months of that off season that could have been better more optimal if I'd have just said yeah this is really really fucking hard because your your body will tell you when you need something you know if you're dehydrated you're going to be thirsty if uh you know if you need to do more cardio then 12 rep sets shouldn't be feeling like you've run a marathon um and I just sort of especially with the whole appetite thing as soon as appetite goes, it's a sign that insulin sensitivity is not great. If you're not taking up the food, then what are you doing with it? You're taking it in, you're shitting it out. Mm. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what's like. You're not you're not using it. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. I think, um, and especially, uh, I I I definitely learned that. And then coming into prep, um, when fatigue was more than just being tired and hungry, um, we took a deload that week. What happened? the look improved we got better um and when tom's asked me how fuck do you feel last week you know before we did a refeed was actually pretty bad now i probably do feel quite bad but i know that i'm actually good to go um so yeah i I would say that being the most hardcore compartmentalize decide whether being hardcore works at the right time if you're on the stairmaster and you're just finding it hard keep 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 pushing you know don't be a pussy but when it when it comes to sort of fatigue management I you know for for, for beginners I can imagine it you know that's going to be quite hard to do but as you get more experienced um I think that you need to be able to auto-regulate a lot more um and know when to pull back and push forward rather than just pushing on regardless Mm. that that's what I would say yeah I think that's good advice I think we're all guilty sometimes of being like I can do this I'm good yeah fine and actually you're not fine but I think probably women are probably worse for it because we're like I don't I don't need to stop I can do this if he can do it I can do it if she can do it I can definitely do it absolutely absolutely I think that's good advice. And the last question, as you know, you are Caitlin Hill, female bodybuilder, 19 years old, sister, daughter, coach, and student. But how do you want to be remembered? Um, Okay, so one thing that's always stuck with me, and I think it was actually, I think it was in a song, which is a bit, (laughs) but um 
there was a line and it went like you die when the last person says your name um so to me I would love to be able to have such an impact on people's lives or be able to you know create sort of a name for myself in a good way that even when I die as morbid as it sounds people still talk about me because I, I think you you die when the last person says your name like um Arnold just because of bodybuilding when he dies people won't stop talking about him you know what I mean uh, the, so. the mountain dog John Meadows that guy he's not gonna be stopped talking about for years because he helped people so many ways training wise diet wise just life wise um that that to me would be better than um sort of dying and I guess being forgotten about which is quite a a, a sad thought sorry that it's so morbid no but... I don't think it is morbid actually I think it's quite the opposite um there was someone I can't remember who it was now I think it was one of the the guys on the man behind the muscle who said well let's be honest after three generations no one's going to remember your name so I think it's quite a powerful thing to say, is it your, you die when the last person says your name? Yeah, yeah. Some people might take that as morbid, but I take that as quite inspiring. Like, yeah, I think wanna, it's quite cool. Yeah, you want to leave something, you want to do something, you want to leave yeah. your mark on the world. I think that's pretty, pretty cool. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that. you agree. Yeah. And if you do find the song, send it over because I feel like I need to embody the Caitlin. And I think it was a Maplemore song. Um, I will send it over. Yes, do. <laughs> well, thank you so so much for joining the podcast today. It's been no, an absolute honour speaking to you. And if someone has been living under a rock and they don't follow you, where can they find you? Um, mainly use Instagram. Um caitlin underscore hill unfortunately someone's actually taken my name so i do have an eight in there um so see caitlin hill um <laughs> yeah that's pretty much where i do um all of my coaching inquiries um i'm trying to produce a bit more content at the minute um i think mainly the only reason i'm posting more is because i'm a little bit leaner <laughs> but yeah that's basically where you can find me that video you content you just did was sick, by the way. Oh, thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, it really I, cool. I, it didn't plan on doing that. Actually, they reached out to me, and I was like, "Yeah, why not?" Because I, I would never book something for myself. I hate spending money. Mm -hmm. Hate it. Hate it. So, yeah, I'm glad I did it. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I think it's good to have to look back on as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me, and um, no. I look forward to speaking to you soon. You too. Thank you.